Tom. Hey, Pete. Tom. Hi. Hi. Hello. Look, oh. uh, we have. I have a little bit of follow up. I got an email from a listener, and I wanted to read it to you oh. because I think um, it it might be a little long. I just want you to see uh, if you can figure out what listener is referring to. Um, okay. When uh, when I read this to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Greetings. This is from James. Okay. Greetings. This is the very last notification. Several weeks prior, I got into the systems that you use to get on the internet. All of the information from your devices was quickly duplicated to my web servers. I can access all your cell phone messengers, social media sites, emails, chats, and contact lists. My virus continuously updates its signature driver-based, so it remains unnoticeable to antivirus software. I suppose right now you realize why I remained quiet until today. What? While getting together details about yourself, I discovered that you're a big follower of adult websites and more. <laughs> you really love to visit mature websites and, vi and view filthy video clips while getting an orgasm. <laughs> I've already created a cam capturing videos of you oh, wanking off. Oh, no! A montage of the clip you're watching at the time and your self-pleasure. Your face is distinctly obvious. I don't think this particular material would be great for your reputation. Yeah. I can certainly send this footage to every person who knows you. I also have no issue with rendering all of your private into info open to the public. Wow. I think you understand what I mean. <laughs> it would be a true frustration for you, says James. <laughs> I'm able to destroy your daily life forever. I really think you do not need that to happen. I don't think you Why need don't it to we either. solve it the old-fashioned way? Yep. He says, "You send me 1500 US dollars via Bitcoin equivalent at the moment of exchange <laughs> and I will ASAP delete all your info from my machines. Promise. And then we will forget about one another." <laughs> will we, James? Will we? <laughs> He has really burrowed his way into my heart. I don't think I could forget I James if I tried to. I don't think so either. With listeners like this, Tom. Yeah. Who needs not <laughs> listeners? <laughs> um, I just want to let you know the kind of stuff we're getting. It's a bit of a follow-up. We've talked wow. about hacking before. Back in season five, yep. you were uh you talked about hacking, and that was very, very large. This was the solar wind thing, if you recall. That's right. We talked all about the solar wind hack, but we didn't specifically get into this delightful cornucopia that is individual phishing attacks. And that's what we got to our show's email address. Really? This came to something stinky at what's that smell.net, your favorite Ugh. email and mine. And uh, and so I just thought you should know that James gave us two days. Now, it, of course, has been much longer than two days since we got this email. Sure. And all of those wanking videos have not been released to the public yet. I like but I don't know. He was going to make a montage. Do you think there'd be like star yeah. wipes and cool? <laughs> I, a PowerPoint wipes. of orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Pete, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for what's going to happen to you and your life and your lifestyle. But on the plus oh, side. Oh, and you, because it's the whole show. Oh, it's me too? It's oh, you too. Well, I'm oh, sorry yeah, for too. both of mm -hmm. us. I'm sorry for our parents mm -hmm. and our loved ones. But on the plus side, sounds like we got a new panic pal. <laughs> <laughs> I just I do have to say <laughs> I do have to say uh, for mom, uh, mom, if you ever get something like this, mm. please don't click on anything. You don't need to go get get a, a Bitcoin and send it to James. James does not know anything about your computer. This is a scam. It is a phishing attack. They're just trying to get you to click on stuff. And so you're OK. 
listener, you're okay. Don't worry about it. It's a scam. They don't have any of your wanking videos. You're okay. But I did think of a new product idea, Tom. Okay. The WTS Anxiety Router. <laughs> okay. You install this router in your house or in your apartment. This is, I really think this is going to be great. And people like James are going to try and hack your house. Mm -hmm. And the WTS Anxiety Router is open just a little bit. So it it's like a honeypot. And all it does, all they're able to download are videos of you being like buried alive. Drowning. Oh, all in falling ants. through yeah. sidewalk grates. It's all, all yes, falling through sidewalk grates, <laughs> networking, just pictures of thousands of, of business cards taken off of LinkedIn, just like all the th anxiety material. Hackers will have to sift through all of that, boatloads of that, before they can get to your collection of tasteful nudes. What do you think? WTS? Anxiety router. I think that's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes with like an AOL disc. Just yes. for now, just to make it as yes. weird as possible. <laughs> Chef's kiss, perfect. It feels good, man. It feels good, right? right. Yo, yo. I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel. Paper stacks, yeah, I got them in the bundles. Harry Potter breaking bread with a muggle. They said I wouldn't make it. Now they looking puzzled. They said I wouldn't take it. How to go on hustle. Get the bag, it ain't never get a fumble. In the jack, but we came up from the bottom. Through the cracks that the light pour in. Have a blast, got the drinks pour in. Take a risk like it's a short thing. Going in, yeah, I'm going all in. Getting fooled out, yeah, you can bring your friends. Welcome to What's That Smell? A sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Every week, we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. I cannot believe we're on episode 11 of this season, Seven Tom. 11. Happy slurpy episode, buddy. So slurpy to you, sir. Is that what you say? I don't know this holiday. So slurpy anyway, to you. We are about to wrap up our main season here. We have just one more episode, but it's not too late. You might just roll the dice. Send us your anxiety to uh, visit whatsatsmell.net. Click the button that says donate your anxiety. And uh, we might just talk about it on episode 12. Don't know. I actually haven't looked at the queue. Yep. But you might be. You might, you might get lucky. Yeah. Might just roll a D20 for your love. <laughs> and with that, I'll go first. It's going down, going down tonight. Tom. Peter. It's rough out there. <laughs> um, Just in general. Outside of the room you're in. I mean. I looked out from under the door and boy, oh boy. Wow. <laughs> yikes on I left my house for the first time <laughs> since March. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but Twitter is going through some stuff. Yes. Correct. Have you heard? I've heard. That uh, Elon Twitter, at Elon Twitter, uh, just laid off 3,700 people and then realized. <laughs> he didn't he Only too late. Some of them or something? Actually, yeah. He laid off some people that actually were doing the work that he needed done. So he tried to hire him back. Oh, I don't know how many go back. I this is it. just, it's very, it's like I'm reading Twitter headlines like I don't know who shot JR. Like I'm really <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> into this like, this, yeah. this is such trauma yeah. but i also i feel like we can't just get lost in twitter as a reflection of what's going on in the market right now meta just announced they're going to lay off eleven thousand people right <sighs> lift 700 people stripe 1100 wait jobs what's stripe yeah 
Stripe is a payment processor that's behind the scenes. For example, if anybody becomes a panic pal, their credit card payment is processed through Stripe for oh. us. Stripe is our credit card payment processing tool. So financial technology. The fact firm. that we don't have enough panic pals is the reason that they're laying off it people. Might be. <laughs> We're directly. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Stripe. Go ahead. Coin, Coinbase, uh, 1,100 jobs. Shopify, 1,000 jobs. Netflix, 450 for 2022. Microsoft, about 1,000. Wow. They've got like a bazillion people right. there. So I'm, they're, they're, they're okay. Snap, 1,000 people. Uh, Robinhood, 31% of their staff. Whoa. I don't know what that exact number is. Um, and lest we forget Elon Musk and Twitter, also Tesla, they're also cutting 10% of salaried employees. But this was I the note that. that Elon wrote. He said, Tesla will be reducing salaried headcount by 10% as we have become overstaffed in many areas. Note, this does not apply to anyone actually building cars, battery packs, or installing solar. Hourly headcount will increase. So if you actually have oh. a, a manufacturing skill, right? <laughs> so they're laying off us, right? Is if what you we're have saying. A corner office, Those of us, goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. That's what we're saying. So uh, that's just in the tech sector as we wrap up 2022. Wow. And I did a podcast this morning with a couple of attorneys in HR law, and they said this is kind of where we're going because these are big companies that are trying to peek around the corner, the next corner into the next year. Mm. And we know we're going into the holidays. And so we've got, you know, a retail staff bump. So we're going to see some hiring happen because the job market is still actually pretty hot. Right. But after the new year, if a recession hits, these companies have to be ready and they're looking at the ad market, take a dive. Oh. And they're just, they're just, there's just, it's complex. Yeah. And I realize that I, I work for myself, right? Mm -hmm. We've got a couple of people that work with us and we create podcasts for clients and it's what we do. I haven't had this fear in a long time, but reading all these headlines brought it back to me in uh, very real strokes. Okay. And that is the fear of being laid off. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever been laid off? I have. Uh, from Let's talk about that. My last full-time, full-time job, I was laid off from it. And some would say I never quite recovered. <laughs> <laughs> I was working with director at director John Wu's company, director John Wu and Terrence yeah. Chang. And they laid off my, I was an ex, uh, assistant to the executive assistant to the executive vice president and the vice president and also kind of office manager. And mm -hmm. Terrence and John did not been doing well. If you saw like paycheck, wind talkers, MI2 mm -hmm. was like the last real, it was an enormous hit. And we just sort of rode that wave right into the sand and yeah. bulletproof monk. And so he laid off everyone but them. John and Terrence wow. fired everyone but John them and, and their assistants. Everyone else. So wow. all of my bosses and I were let go. Very nicely. They gave us like a six month heads up. Like that's very yeah. unheard of and stuff. But no, it was crazy. I'd never been laid off before, and it was crushing and weird and confusing. I felt very young. Yeah. I felt out of control, yeah. all of that. Man, I totally get that. And and uh, the, the fact that it happens in a group is only a little bit of a salve to the fact that you're laid off, right? It's better maybe right. slightly than you're fired because oh, you're an asshat. Good point. I bet that right? would be a tons worse if it was just like, yeah. so <laughs> we're making some cut. 
<laughs> mass layoffs were starting with you, yeah. right? Number one. Yeah. The rest, over time. You got to tighten the belt by one notch. <laughs> one notch. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, I've never been laid off, but okay. I, but oh, my really? last, that's great. Well, my I, last big surprising. company, it, it, it should be surprising because I think oh. I just barely dodged, uh, dodged. What happened was I, uh, I was working for a department that was of a big company that was merged into another region. And so I was, my whole team was, uh, duplicated, uh, oh. function. So there was already a me yep. and, uh, everybody else on my staff in this new region. And we were the smaller region that was being integrated into this. I don't even want to mince words. We were being merged into California. (laughs) One does not easily merge into California. It's like the third biggest economy in the planet. Whatever. For crying out loud, Callie. (laughs) So, uh, so we were um, we were duplicated, and so we found other. All of us kind of spread out into other areas of the institution, other parts of the company. Um, But I kind of could feel it coming because there was another massive merger coming. And I think I jumped ship to go independent and start working freelance before that hit me because others were laid off after. And I think I probably would have been been reduced. So there was a chance Um, it was I quit instead of you're fired. (laughs) Yeah. And I was miserable already. And so I felt like I'm not dodging a bullet here. Like, I don't want to be here. Let me just save you the trouble. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, I probably could have gotten a little severance out of it. But you know, I was young, I actually was young and, you know, didn't think that far ahead. So that was frustrating. But I've never actually been laid off. Which means that that whole story is kind of pointless. Nobody cares. So <laughs> the thing about layoff anxiety, and I didn't find like a layoff acopophobia kind of sure. term. It's just layoff anxiety. According to Insight Global, which is a staffing firm, 80% of U.S. workers, eight in 10 people walking down the street to the liquor store, you see 10 people, eight of them are scared about losing their jobs or being laid off. Oh, not like in an existential way, like they are actively worried. Just that legitimately right oh, now. Wow. Oh, that is yeah. the worst. And with inflation. Ugh. Yeah. Thanks, the Obama. Full, the, the full <laughs> phrase from Insight Global is <laughs> so, shut up. Uh, their job security, if a recession hits, even as the job market continues to be one of the strongest in recent memory. Right. So this is one of the things where the anxiety runs headlong into reality, right. strong job market, and yet wins. Oh. <laughs> right. Like, uh, so that's when you sort of that's where you're like, are. capitalism. <laughs> are, you, are you really doing you everything you best? can? Yeah, are you exactly. the best? <laughs> Who's pulling what kind of weight yeah. right now? Yes. Um, so I I so I started looking around like, what what do you do? What do you do? Because you, people are still going to work. You look at the stories about Twitter. Tom, people are dodging layoffs at Twitter by sleeping under conference tables at work. One of the viral videos, what? one of the managers actually put a sleeping bag in the corner of the office because Musk tweeted that when he was on Elon Musk hours at Tesla and they really had to get something done, um, they slept on the factory floor. Oh, it's in performative. Order to not I thought time. they were it's hiding 
pink slips, <laughs> hide it or whatever. I think pink slips. No. Part of what me thinks there's not a part fired? of that. Like you're demonstrating, like I am worth staying here right. for you because I'm willing to go the extra mile. And so managers are doing that. I, Oof. you know, I know that entire departments are being cut. And you know what the what departments are being cut at these technology companies? Responsible and ethical innovation departments. Companies that think about what are the consequences of, of what we do. And it's dark. Yeah, the arts so, department of yeah. <laughs> of uh, Twitter. Right. Yeah. Well, it, you know, this goes back. This is why I was thinking about uh, the solar winds thing. Do you remember Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica? Yes. Right. The the whole thing about Cambridge Analytica. Uh, the issue with Cambridge Analytica, what came out of that, were uh, a whole rank of teams dedicated to responsible innovation. And there is a a responsible innovation association or a board of member companies that come together and are developing standards by which companies should grade themselves on the consequences of what they make. Okay. So, um, you know, if you're Facebook, are you making an algorithmic system that spreads disinformation? Is that an ethical thing to do? Right. Same thing at Twitter. Is the algorithm that we are creating actually a source of discontent in the world? And is there a way for us to make that better? Those teams uh, that came out as a result yeah. of Cambridge Analytica and the all of the backwash that followed, they're gone. That's who's being fired. Right. When the belt is tightened, the people who are hammering away at the front end technology are the people who get to stay and everybody else is is on the on the block. That's that's the idea. And so um, it that's the part that's scary because consequences are really high. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, what do you oh, I, I, you know, I don't have that broad of a skill set, man. I really don't. <laughs> well, and to just real quick before you move on from like Facebook and stuff, it's just it's going to end up cyclical. They're going to get in trouble yeah. again, and then they're going to there's going yes. to be a huge uproar, and then they'll have to go in front of Congress, and then they'll fire people, and then they'll get in trouble. Like, yeah, there's it's so yeah. sh- it's also very short sighted, I think. Yes, which yeah, is also yeah, yeah. anxiety inducing, and, and then it's also oh, I don't know, destroying America. <laughs> so what do you do? Like you're living with layoff anxiety. What do you do? And that's why I'm I'm so glad you've been I'm glad you've been laid off. Oh, great. <laughs> Can you can you talk a little bit about the outcome of your layoff? Like what happened next to you? What was your experience? Can I tell you something really funny? We had I was at my old I hope so. I was at my old place, um, not this place. And uh this was a long time ago. And so like I there were more friends, like friend of the show, Nikki, people in town. JJ was still living here. And we all had copies of each other's house keys for um emergencies. Anyways, from my last day at work, I got home to find that my friends were there and they'd lined up a little table called the table of unemployment. And there were like forties of beer and like snack bags and stuff. They were saying to help me transition into being unemployed. And it was really, really sweet because I was in a time of enormous confusion. Uh, But that was obviously that night. Uh, By the end of that night, all the forties and snacks were gone. And I was like, well, I guess I'm tomorrow's. Tuesday. I guess yeah, band-aids ripped <laughs> off. Yeah. Um what was your your question though is like how did it I because I had such a ramp to it. Again, there was like a 6 month. I had started looking and acquiring my huge collection of uh what do I call myself? An independent contractor jobs. Like I just started mm-hmm. to piece away and get little jobs here and there, doing editing, doing um, uh, video work, stuff like that. And so that sort of helped pad the landing a little bit. Does that answer your question at all? 
Maybe it not. does. Okay, it does. I I have been reading some advice from career coaches, executive coaches, and most of it I think is terrible. Uh, it doesn't make me feel good if I try to put myself in that empathetic position of like, I've been laid off. What, how would I feel? Uh, and so I just want to run through some of these and we can grade some of these tips and see what you think actually works as somebody who's been laid off yourself and, uh, as me, uh, who's just an idiot. So do you want me to answer each one of like, this sounds good or what? Yeah, that's let's the, do that. This okay, sounds so it's good. That's the two. What? This sounds good or what? Okay, good. That's the that's the the back and forth. Yeah, good. Okay, number one, don't wallow. Treat yourself if you can. That sounds good. I thought so too. Yeah, I like drink that. a bunch of forties, especially the yep. night of. Yes, correct. Right? Okay, have a layoff backup plan in place. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you can see how quickly we go from, yeah, yeah. that sounds good, to what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, who thinks about that when you're contributing daily to the job that you purport- purportedly love and you applied for and you're working hard at? And, like, who sees around that particular corner uh, enough to yeah. give that bit of advice? That's Have like, that's a like layoff. Having- a secret family. <laughs> like what do you, <laughs> you you get off work and then you put on a mustache and go to a different job. That sucks. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. But I work nights as an <laughs> EVP of art design. Yeah. Yeah. Step three, be financially prepared for a job loss. Uh, yeah. I mean, that sounds good, but if that's possible, there's not a lot of people that that's, that's a very privileged thing to both say and be able to do so if you can great also if you can you're probably not going to get laid off it sounds like you've been (laughs) doing fine you're okay yeah well and as sub uh, points to that like set up a network like have people that you are in so more linkedin more networking whatever it's kind of it kind of makes me throw up in the back of my mouth a little bit but then this one was another one that i thought was interesting and i was getting ready to lampoon it with you today but then you uh, you defined it as something you did which i think is important uh have a quote default entrepreneurship to pivot to huh a default entrepreneurship. And you did exactly that. Like you pivoted to contract work, video work, whatever you needed to do. Right. These were the skills that you had. And you did it. I think that's, I just never heard of it. It seems so icky to call it default entrepreneurship. That go, that makes me feel like a backup plan job. Like I don't like the wording of it because it sounds so hoity-toity, but you're right. If you don't decide it and you're just like, do you have something that you can do? Because that was something to answer your question also. I think I did, but just to point it out when you were like, what did you do afterwards? I think the thing I knew is I can't just do nothing because there's a chance I will never come back from that. Because right. everything just gets scarier and scarier in a vacuum for me. And so I needed to like start doing something right away. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. So it, it, just to follow up, Insight Global actually has a position on this, as you can imagine, uh, yeah. in, as part of their survey. Um, this was the under the top level headline, you know, be financially prepared for job loss. Insight Global Survey polled 1,000 U.S. workers in June of 2022. In addition to widespread job anxiety, it found that 56% of respondents are not financially prepared or don't even know how to prepare for a recession if one occurs. Yeah. So it's great advice. Go be financially prepared, but also 
like that's hard. Right. It's hard to wrap your head around what it means. Right. Right. How you behave matters. Number three. How or four. How you behave matters. I think this this uh, it falls into number one. The sub points are don't binge Netflix. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Stop but buying all said, that avocado toast, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, limit the time you specifically sit down to apply for jobs. Limit the time. What, I like What do you think about that? That, I do like that because, A, that's coming from a more realistic situation yeah. versus the language of some of the other things. And then also, yeah, because applying for jobs, A, is horrible and B can you can burn out and it can yep. just be sometimes there are just going to be absolute lags in the job market and if you flood yourself to everyone and get no responses you you're really mentally shooting yourself in the foot yeah exactly and that's th that is exactly the thinking behind why really? why they recommend doing this because you can burn out so quickly and eventually every job that you apply for will seem the same you lose your ability your your sort of agility your oh. uh, cognitive agility to see yourself in different positions and right. uh, you, they all start blending together and you make bad decisions you you might make decisions that aren't good for you sure. because you can't see them clearly so uh, it does say uh, attend 3 to 5 professional association events per week if you have an association I don't know. I don't even know but, what that means. You know, yeah, like I, you know, um, when I was in TV, it would be like the National Association of Broadcasters. I would go to the local broadcasters oh, association like meetings if I wanted to. Like, yeah, those kinds of things. Is that um, for networking? You know, is that what the thought is behind it? Yeah, it could be for networking or continuing education okay. or any of those opportunities. Um, create. This is another good one. Create a job search strategy. Just go do that. <laughs> I'm go on do it. it. And the number one recommendation is update your LinkedIn profile. Oh, okay. That is the number one step I to create a job search strategy. <laughs> you know, you know what most people say when they're laid off? They say, man, I wish I would have kept my LinkedIn profile up to date all along. Do you know who like does that? Yeah. Not you, no. probably. If you're feeling bad, it's not you. No. That's the thing. I think my um, job search strategy would be number one, get a job. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's the entire strategy. <laughs> I was waiting for the rest of the bit, yeah, no, but that was it. it. That was the whole thing. Uh, the the final one is step step five or six. I don't know what we're on right now. Turn a layoff into a positive. Ugh, I don't. Okay, like just be happy it. about being. This Great. is advice I like better, and we'll get to wrapping up here. Okay. Uh, chill, chill for a bit. A layoff is time to take inventory yeah. of what you want, who or where you want to be, what resonates with you, and how you can leverage your strengths to set yourself up for success. Collect skills. Synchronicity matters. Mm -hmm. Like you, if you were a writer, if you're a web writer, then you move into some other editorial job. If you move that into some video work, you move that into podcasting, whatever it is, you're collecting skills with every every leap. Sure. And uh, even if it's not on your uh, demand. The, the benefit of a layoff is it's not usually representative of poor employee performance. It's poor leadership right. in the company. Oh, I right? love that. Twitter, Twitter is laying people off, not because the people are necessarily bad, but because leaders actually hired too many people right. for the company. And actually, the former CEO, um, uh, Jack Dorsey, tweeted an apology to the employees that were laid off oh, saying, wow. this is what Musk is doing is my fault. When I was CEO of the company, I let it get too big. 
and I should not have done that. Wow. That's the truth of the matter. Yep. So a layoff isn't your fault. Hmm. If you're laid off, it's not on you. It's on them. And you should not feel the burden of that baggage as you try to find another position. A coach, career coach and executive coach, Liz Bentley, says, take a deep breath. Don't be reactive because people can spiral in different ways by retaliating or doing or saying something they later regret, particularly in a contentious layoff. It will probably happen again to you. No longer do people work for the same company for 40 years and retire with a person and a nice with a pension and a nice pen. The likelihood that you're going to get laid off during your career is pretty high, let alone laid off once, but multiple times. So. Get ready. It's our corporate reality. It's not about you. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I, what if this whole segment turned out to be that you were letting me go from the podcast? <laughs> like you got, you got so positive and you're like, so how's that strategy coming? And I'm like, son of a, and then my video goes blank. <laughs> what if I, what if I just stood up right now and backed up and just tightened my belt one notch? No, what no. if I just did that and then Hung up the phone. And then you just <laughs> pieced out. And all of a sudden, yeah. I'm looking at my dog like he's a juicy ham. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> like, his, like a person starving on an island. <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to spend money. One can spend their funds on travel, on their family and friends, on lavish gifts for oneself, or on thoughtful donations to those around you. Or, if you were a scientist at the University of London in 2020, you could use your money to let the dead speak. Many of you will remember this story, but others may have overlooked it as we were in the early throes of the COVID pandemic when this research was revealed. Either way, you really have to hear it to believe it. 3,000 years ago, Nessie Amun was an Egyptian priest who sang enchanted words of worship at the Karnak Temple in Thebes. When he died, he was ritually mummified and sealed in a coffin with the inscription, Nessie Amun, True of Voice. Also inscribed on his coffin was his express wish to be heard in the afterlife, which was a part of his religious belief system. In 2020, scientists in the UK placed his mummified corpse in a computerized tomography scanner. This allowed them to create a 3D model of the late priest's vocal tract, the dimensions of which shape the unique sound of a person's voice. The researchers then synthesized Nasiya Moon's voice by 3D printing a model of his airway and connecting it to an electronic larynx, an artificial voice box that provides a noise source. And so, with the power of current technology and cutting-edge science, humankind has allowed the long-deceased to speak. And 3,000 years after his death, Nasiya Moon, the true voice Egyptian priest who was an audible vessel of worship and expressed an urgent wish to speak again after his passing, what did he have to say after all of this time? (laughs) Yep, that was it. (laughs) All of that time and all of that money spent to hear how a mummy would sound if it could speak, and he makes the same sound I do, describing how I felt about the movie Cats. Uh, Scientists are hoping to create an actual word in the future, but it's unclear if that will be possible. It makes you wonder if Nessia Moon might be translated into English as the phrase needn't have bothered.
Want a way to spend your money that is less hmm, and more? Yeah! Then why not be true of wallet and head over to whatsthatsmell.net and become a panic pal today? Sure, we're getting to the end of season seven, but if you've enjoyed what you've heard, then end Pete and I's Mummy's Curse for the low, low one-time cost of $35. Not only will you help support all the hard work engineer Pete has done to make this show a reality, You'll also be gaining access to special member-only parts of every episode, completely new episodes that only go to our members like the infamous Saucy Sauce and Drinky Drink episodes that I'm straight up still recovering from, certificates, stickers, and more. So climb out of your tomb and stagger over to the whatsthatsmell.net and become a panic pal today. Pete and I will be eternally, eternally grateful. And now, on with the show. Slurpy Pete, this season of WTS, we've been doing a fair amount of looking back. For instance, we've updated a few past anxieties like my fear of technology and robots and your recent fascinating update on deepfakes. Right. For this episode, I'd like to look backwards again, way back to March of this year, Lord 2022. What's, that's not what's happening right now. <laughs> way back to, to March of this year of our Lord 2022. March 27th, to be precise. And instead of about talking about an idea or a specific phobia, I want to try something different and just talk about a moment. Okay. And you're surely going to think this is a bit at first, in part because I've made a throwaway bit about it in other episodes of this season. But this time I want to talk about it for real because at the time it caused a significant amount of anxiety and uneasiness for me and I think a lot of other people. But I wanted to wait and talk about it way after it to the dust settled so we could actually talk about sort of what it meant to mm -hmm. us instead of delivering a hot take. This is a big, this big. is kind of a big setup. Like, I just so everybody knows, I have yeah. no idea what Tom's about to say. <laughs> You're going to think it's a bit. <laughs> Pete, finally, over seven minutes later, I would like to talk about the Oscar slap. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I am not kidding this time. I've done a throwaway joke to the Oscar slap on three different yes. episodes. I actually want to finally talk Outstanding. about it. Outstanding. Um, Pete, in case our listener doesn't remember what happened on the Oscars this year between Chris Rock and Will Smith, can you tell me what you remember? Uh, yeah. In a family-friendly way. So... Not using Will Smith's actual Chris way. Rock yes. was uh, doing... Uh, he was... Chris Rock was being Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock yep. was being the scorpion. And uh, he was true <laughs> to himself. And he uh, actually, he was making some jokes like you do. You roast the celebrities who are in the audience. And he made a, a crack uh, about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's um, uh, alopecia, that she's bald. And, and because of she lives with alopecia. And, um, and so he made a crack and Will Smith didn't like it. And Will Smith got up, walked on stage, smacked Chris Rock in the face and said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. And it was much more colorful and vibrant than that. Uh, but that was the, <laughs> so is that essentially as I should, did I leave anything important out? Do you remember what the joke was? <laughs> I I don't remember what the joke, what was the joke? Jada looking great, G.I. Jane oh, 2, can't wait to see it. Yes, yeah. Because right. she has like a buzz yep. cut, G.I. Jane That's 2. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you felt? Did you watch it live? And if you watch it in America, did you immediately go to the, because in America, they really awkwardly used the bleep and delay button. Yeah. So it just looked like there was a technical malfunction. Yeah. But everywhere else aired it 
complete. And so everyone just went to the to YouTube and found it like in Australia and yeah. stuff like that. Do you remember where you were? Not where you were, but do you remember what you felt when it happened? I am a famous Oscars antagonist. I don't like the Oscars. It makes they make me absolutely crazy. So I did not watch oh. live, but I mean oh. within minutes, Twitter was blowing up. And yeah. I went to Twitter and I saw the clip almost immediately from Australian television, which as you say was unbleeped. And so I saw the whole thing. Uh and as it happened, I never saw the bleeped version. I've only seen the the huh. actual unbleeped, undelayed bit. And I it. It, I felt uh, gleeful and terrible at the same time. Gleeful because that event, <laughs> like, encapsulated, like, the whole cultural problem that I have with not just the Oscars, but with our ability to have fun at live events anymore. <laughs> and I just like, okay, this is it. We've reached peak nonsense. Peak nonsense. And so <laughs> I, I am, like, you know, we talked a little bit, I think, at our our member uh, pre-show, we talked about like, you know, our, our trouble with Elon um, and right. as at how that translates to entertainment. And I think this is an extension of that, like how you feel about Will Smith's uh, work, knowing that he's a person who's capable uh, or uh, capable of doing this or incapable of restraining himself in the face of his own right. rage. And I think that's that's a thing that I keep that that I I remember I I kept thinking about over and over and over again. Right. He's a human being. I get it. Human beings are complex organisms. And also, this is why we can't have nice. things. Right. <laughs> so for me, um, I thought at first, like a lot of people did, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I thought it was staged yep. and I thought it was staged until Chris Rock used the S word. Yeah. He said, Will Smith slap slapped the S, the S out, of out of me. And I was like, oh, they wouldn't, if this was a bit, that's not allowed. Um, it felt surreal. And it felt for me a little bit, and I know I'm a bit of a alarmist. You know, I'm a bit of worried about society crumbling and things like that. But it felt like it, the world broke for a second. Yeah. I remember feeling like it was indicative of what was happening, uh, that things were going off the rails and are continuing to go off the rails. Lines are being crossed in a way that I never thought they would. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it after all these months, it's almost the summation of so many things we've talked about on this dumb show. Mm -hmm. In part, ableism with Chris Rock making a hair joke about someone who has been very public about her fight with alopecia. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it was a really dumb and lazy joke, even apart from the insensitivity. So bombing, like doing a huge joke that everyone groaned at in front of an enormous audience. I can relate to that. See the other episode, uh, the toxic masculinity that followed being displayed by an incredibly beloved person who's a hero to like tons of children. Yeah all over the world because of his movies. And if you think that doesn't matter, a few hours after the assault, uh, Smith's son Jaden tweeted in support of his father's violence, saying, and that's how we do it. Yeah, awful. Clearly not learning the right lesson. Yeah. The And then the incredible, I mean, so predictable, but still awe-inspiring double standard as he wasn't kicked out of the auditorium. The Academy later said they asked him twice, will you leave? And he refused. Yeah. They asked him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what needs to be underlined. Right. You don't ask him. You kick him out. And then instead he was awarded the biggest actor award of the night with almost the entire crowd instantly giving him a standing ovation. Yeah. When any other non-celebrity would have been immediately handcuffed. Yeah. Uh, even Otter 
The Academy's Twitter account posted a message that night, reading in part, quote, the Academy does not condone violence of any form, end quote. Except it just Except happened. for just now when we did. We watched it in real time. Because we didn't want to lose <laughs> the, any advertisers, yo. They've already paid yeah. for this bit. <laughs> yes. I wonder if everyone that was in the, the control room was just like, I think they hid under their desks like a bunch of Twitter managers. <laughs> <laughs> they just all crawled into sleeping bags. Um, It was crazy and it was too much. And then I was, uh, everyone had hot takes on it. Of course, celebrities raced to Jada's defense, raced to Will Smith's defense, raced to Chris Rock's defense. Um, Can I tell you what makes me feel like mostly most of an old man? Yeah. Is sure. that it did get so like gendered so fast, and it, it made me just I, it, like really rethink like what it, maybe this is the curse of fluidity, that it's like the number of women who came out in in defense of anybody in defense of Jada in defense of Will Smith who did the thing like like yeah right. he's protecting his woman like that is a that right. is a kind of a grotesque thing, um you know protect from what from Chris Rock. What is Chris Rock going to do? Right. right? Like Chris Rock made a joke. Like it was just a joke. Yeah. But the the fact that all of that became so politicized, so gendered so quickly and lost the thread of the fact that a um a man hit a smaller man in the face on global television and outstanding. You're exactly right. Like that yeah. should not have happened. Humans shouldn't do that to each other. That's the point. Right. I don't care what the motivation was. Don't do that. Right. Stop doing that. Right. But we had to, we really politicized yeah. it. Or a lot of people did. Yes. Um, and tried to find, and I think one of the reasons so many people did that, not necessarily uh, um, forgiving them for doing it, but because order had been really unbalanced. And one way to get control back is to put labels on things. Right. Is to say, well, it can't just be that Will's beloved Will Smith at the peak of his career maybe just ended his career live on television on one of the biggest shows in the entire world. That can't be. Yes. Because, like I said in the beginning, that's too many lines being crossed. That's too much chaos. And so instead, remember, he uh, released his memoir. And in it, he said that he felt guilt for not protecting his mother from his abusive father. And people were like, see? Yeah. Okay, make as it you said, okay. humans are humans and humans are complex people, but you can't just go up and hit people because they insult you or you don't like yeah. them. I don't, that's just not, and especially after such a hacky joke. <laughs> <laughs> such a bad joke. I, I yeah. you know, um, I think it, it the, the bigger issue for me even than that is yeah. that um, I, I don't think it bodes well for us culturally. I don't think it bodes well for mm -hmm. live television performances. I think it is something that makes it like knowing that it's okay for major celebrities to quote defend themselves in this fashion um makes for safer performances in a live situation. I think there's a risk of that. Like I know that there are going to be performers who are going to be pushing boundaries, continuing to push boundaries, but I do think for live broadcast television, there might be a Will Smith factor that we need to kind of take into account. And that's terrible. We should not have to do that. 
along that line and on the other side of it, call on me, call on me. That was perfect timing because I was also at the time, again, I know I'm an alarmist, but I was also worried that this would lead to the dangerous normalization of performers being attacked yeah. on stage. Right. The epidemic I was fearing luckily did not materialize, but it certainly has gotten worse. I mean, Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, Chris Red from SNL yeah. was punched with brass knuckles at the Comedy Cellar in New York last month. And did you see the uh, Ariel Elias, the stand-up that just went viral after people, Trump supporters, and they, we know we're not just saying Trump supporters, they were screaming about mm -hmm. Trump, threw a full beer at her at a New, New, New Jersey club. Sorry about that. Um, granted, that led to her getting an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel, so it kind of worked so in her favor. Okay. Yeah. But that's still, that's still, heckling has changed yeah. for certain people. Heckling has changed. And notably, just to kick that old thing, every single one of these attackers that I just mentioned, arrested. Yeah. Arrested every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were not allowed to give a speech. Win an award. In which they said, love makes you do crazy things and then dance all night holding your own Oscar. Yeah. That was not allowed for those people. That was not allowed people. for those people. No. Okay. The person that tackled uh, Dave Chappelle got the S beat out of yeah. him <laughs> backstage. Yeah. And there's a video of that it. That yeah. is uh, important to know that there is a, a, yeah. a double standard that exists. I mean, that's maybe news to some some people. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that the yeah. anxiety comes from the frustration yeah, of it. of course. I couldn't have been more blatant. Yeah, yeah. of course. And and it's super frustrating. And it does. It does impact my uh, impression. I'm, I, you know, I formerly was a Will Smith fan. And now I proudly don't give him another thought. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to see his new yeah. movies coming out. I know it's coming out because we're kind of in the movie podcast business. I'm not really excited to see it. I don't even know what it is. Um, is it emancipation? Something related to it's it's like oh. right up your alley because of all your civil war jam. I think it's probably about your stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, with a title like emancipation. Also, I wanted to point out because I'm saying that all of this is a summation of our podcast. Did you see starting on March twenty eighth, the next day or soon after, conspiracy theorists got involved? Oh no. They share, started sharing tweets that went crazy viral showing that Chris Rock had a cheek pad on his face, saying that the whole thing was staged in order to get more eyes on the Oscars because it's been losing viewers. It was later proved to be photoshopped, I think, by like USA Today or anyone's eyes. <laughs> so even conspiracy theorists. That's another example of this thing. We can't allow it just to be because it's just too weird and painful and right. explosive. And so right. let's pick a side. That's right. Yeah. Bonkers. It's just bonkers where we are. What they like Except to say sometimes in Hollywood, how long does it take you to forget? Not very. Seven months. Yeah, I'd say <laughs> seven months. I'd say the a couple year. of minutes. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. uh, how long does it take? Did it, was it in the D block and we're now in the E block for the Best Actor <laughs> Award? I think that long. Maybe when you're that big, you literally have an uncanceled button. Yeah. So they say, you're gone. And you go, no. You have yeah. <laughs> You have an, yeah. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is It's Going Down by Sourwah. Coming up next week. We're making it so much about our identity that you can't be wrong when being wrong is beautiful.
check out this podcast. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> We're wrong all the time. <laughs> all I, the time. I quote plagiarists. I get things wrong. We oh, couldn't that start was a good one. for seven minutes because I kept sending the wrong Word document to my screen. <laughs> Pete saw that in real time. This is the most negative thing I've ever heard about positivity. And it's fascinating. <laughs> I want to do the opposite. I want to go around saying things like, don't turn that frown upside down. Leave it right where Healthy it is. Healthy negativity. Healthy negativity. Yeah, right. I want to leave it right, right where it is. You're lucky it didn't kill you this time. Right. <laughs> like, it could have right. killed you. It won't kill you. And you have a flashcard that says, but colon cancer might. <laughs> Until then, I'm Tommy Mitz. The and I'm Pete Wright. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? Yeah. 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 Yeah.